Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim, with my co-host, Jack Smith. We have uh, some topics to get to tonight, actually. Jack, how about that? We have a head coach, a real head coach, and it brings me back to when Hacksaw was hired and how I had no clue what we were getting into. And this hiring, it just feels real. feels like it's a real head coach. I mean, well, there's a lot of mixed feelings out there, but... I don't know. I have a good. I have a decent feeling about this one. I don't. I don't know why, but we have. Well, a what are you coach. thinking? Let, let me get into the mind of Jack Smith for a second here. What uh, the Flyers just hired Elaine Vigneault. Uh, he's won the President's Trophy, I believe, three or four times. Three times with Vancouver, once with New York. Uh, he's been to the Stanley Cup twice, lost each time with two different teams, uh, and he's now the head coach of the of the Flyers. You, you know, what are your thoughts? What, what's going through your mind when you saw that they hired Elaine Vigneault? You know, if we remember just last week, we brought up our list. He was like fourth on my list of guys I wanted. Obviously, Quenzel was out of the question. Two of the guys I had on the list were coaching for other teams. So that doesn't even really count, you know. And I I thought that Flyers, if they did got somebody from um, not named Scott Gordon, I thought it'd be somebody on my list of guys I didn't want. You know, Mike Yow, like guys like that, like who just – head scratchers so they go and get a, a proven guy a guy who he's not like Brewster Drew, where he wins in the regular season doesn't win in the playoffs this guy's been in two cups he's got th- I think it's three president trophies two are back-to-back with Vancouver like that's that's impressive regardless of who's on the team that's impressive he got them the game seven of the cup at home uh and then he's one of his first I think his first year with the Rangers they went to the cup or his second year or, or the first year they went to the cup second year they won the president's trophy Sky's got a, a hell of a history, and Rangers fans don't tend to like him very much. But I believe that's because the team was so successful at first, and they started to deteriorate. You know, Marty St. Louis was done, uh, Girardi was done. I think part of that was he ha- he really liked Girardi much like Hacksaw, like McDonald. I feel like I'm comparing apples to oranges when I say those two names, but you know, like it, it's a fault. It was still a fault because he wasn't nearly as good. Um, I just think this guy knows how to flat out win. Does he know how to win in all situations? No, but it's to me, it's leaps and bounds better than Dave Hacksaw. Like it's not even close. Uh, yeah, it's no Quenville. I understand that. And it would have been nice to go get that next level guy who could change the game. But the odds of that are slim to none. And most of the time you miss when you try for something like that. Some call it a safe hiring. I agree. But I think this team could use a safe hiring considering the talent it has and how it's underperformed. Don't get me wrong. There's things I'm going to be looking for, like getting off the slow starts and what have you. And I heard, I already talked about how he, how he had a hackstall tendency with um, liking a player who's not good. Uh, also, I heard he's not the best with the young guys as well. Well, the team's ready to win now. So not many coaches who are ready to win now are good with young players. So I'm okay with that. Definitely. There's a lot I want to see. A lot of work to be done. We got the draft. We got free agency, and uh, I feel I feel like I don't want to say I feel like I'm safe hands, but I feel good. I, I don't feel terrific, but I, I do feel good about this hiring. It feels legit. Like that's the word. It just feels real, you know. Yeah, and I think you know you you make some good points there. I mean, when we got Dave Paxtall, it was kind of like, well, what is this experiment, you know? Um, but with a guy like Elaine Vigneault, who has a proven track record of success, actually, and that, like that's the thing too. Because if you're on if you're on Flyers Twitter, if, or if you're talking to a hockey person, 
they don't really get overly excited about an Vino, uh, and you know, I'm I'm not overly excited either. But maybe we should be a little bit excited because he wins. Uh, I think I was looking last night. Uh, I want to say something like eight out of his uh, twelve or thirteen years since 2006 or seven, uh, he won his division. Uh, and he took his team to the conference finals three times and the Stanley Cup twice. Um, the, so the guy wins. I think he lost in the second round twice to, to uh, Quenville, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but, I mean, uh, you know, and you'll have people say, especially after the Lightning went out first round, uh, President's Trophy doesn't mean nothing. But I would rather watch the Flyers win the President's Trophy than sit around and watch what we've been watching for the last four or five years. You know what I mean? Um and then you, you brought up, uh, you know, he may not be good with the kids, but, I mean, with this Flyers roster as is, he has no choice because uh, three-fourths of the roster is pretty much under 25 years old. Um, so, I mean, he's going to be forced to, to get good with kids. Uh, you know, this, this group, I think, does have some growing up to do. Um, the first thing that I thought of when I heard that he was hired was, okay, well, now they have to shape the roster somewhat because if he's not great with kids, um, they, they may have to move some some guys. And, you know, we both know that they have a lot of assets and picks in the pipeline. Um, and, and we can we can get to um, the roster shape up a little later. But, you know, that's the, that's that was the first thing that I thought of when I heard Vigneault was the coach. Wow, like he, he's usually uh, a ready-to-win-now type coach. And with the Flyers roster, I'm not so sure they're ready to win now. So the first thing I thought of was roster moves when I heard Bino. I wasn't overly excited. You know, I was content with the, with the move. Um, but for me, I was like, okay, so who's in, who's out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you said it. It's exactly, it's just, this move says win now. And even, even Hexall had said it was time to win now. Well, that his win now version didn't fly. So he and the coach are out. We got a win now GM. Who's really, from what I see, an extension of Holgram. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, they didn't they didn't trade Simmons for like just future picks. Like they got a player in return who's was a first round pick, but he's here and he's playing. Um, they got a backup for next year in Talbot. We think they brought up Hart. Uh, they, they got all the kids playing. You know, it's it's time to go. And I, free agency is really going to be what it is. And. It, <sighs> I'm nervous about free agency because they could really go a hundred ways. And it also takes two to tango. Uh, they could want a guy kind of like they wanted Quenville. And he just doesn't want to come here. And then you're kind of screwed. And a big name out there like Panarin's already rumored to be going to Florida. So kind of limits your options. Um, so wh- who do you think, first off, what position do you think they're going to address or at least try to address? Uh, for, for me and we, you know, we were, hoping that they would address it last year. Uh, last year we were saying 3C because I think we expected Patrick to make a, a bit of a jump, at least for myself. Um, but seeing as how they're going to develop Patrick, they absolutely have to get a second-line center. Uh, if, if you look at some of the stats, uh, it's it, it's Connect Me, uh, JVR, uh, Voracek, basically anybody that played with Giroux this year uh, put, up, put up goals. So, I mean, and, and anybody who didn't play with Giroux <laughs> – the the point drop off is is pretty is pretty big pretty drastic so i think if this team can get a solid 2 2 um 2c 
I, I think that would fix a lot of their perceived issues. And in, in his interview, um, Vigneault mentioned that, you know, a lot of people are, are mentioning um, the Flyers need to be better defensively. And, and the first thing he said was, well, you know, when people think defense, they think four check and, and uh, getting the puck out of the zone, things like that. He said, um, but not a lot of people mention puck possession and being responsible and knowing what you're going to do with the puck. And, and I think me and you have talked about that throughout the course of the year, that when the Flyers play better teams, the other team plays uh, with conviction. Uh, like they know what they're going to do when they get the puck. Uh, and when we watch the Flyers, it's kind of like hmm, they don't really look like they know what to do on offense. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, uh, you know, for him to say 2C is a top priority, that, got, that perked my attention a little bit. And then to say that he wanted to change the mindset, which seems to be uh, the theme so far this summer, uh, or, or at least in the spring, uh, the, the mindset change is going to be offensively. It's not going to be uh, dump the puck or, or, you know, it sounds like you're going to see more possession, more forecheck. And the Flyers have the offensive talent to do this kind of stuff. So it was kind of, it was really, really frustrating this year to, to see them play and not look like they knew what they wanted to do on the ice with the puck. What um? What's your number one? Well, I think you said it, and it's the number two C. Uh, for me, it it really feels like he should just be the best player available, at least on offense. Uh, it seems like Panarin's going to Florida, so when you look at it, that really leaves you know, especially if you look at C, Matthew Shane, uh, Hayes, and then it kind of falls off with like Broussard. It's a lot of wingers out there: Panarin, Skinner, Nunquist. Zuccarello, Dezingle, Eberle. I assume some of, I left some off that I think will resign. Some of the players I named probably resign. Defense, you know, you got Eric Carlson right there. Jake Gardner. I don't want to be the guy to overpay him. But I'm looking at what I need on this team. If I'm Fletcher and I, I Hayes, Kevin Hayes could be a target. I mean, I don't I think he was there. Yeah, he was there when Vigneault was there. Um mm-hmm. I think Duchesne's a better target, but I have a feeling he might resign with Columbus. I want nothing to do with Broussard. So if they don't no. go the free agent route, they could go a trade route. Um, there's not a lot out there, uh, at least on center. On defense, Jacob Truba, that could be a name that would really complete our defensive core, so relatively young. Um, then if you go to center, find yourself in a situation where Tampa really needs to shed some salary. And, you know, they really don't want to lose Braden Point. Um, it, whether it's to an offer sheet or whatever, they need to make room. And Tyler Johnson could be had, he's expensive, but he could be had for pretty cheap. And it's more of a three C two C could swap. It wouldn't be, it's not ideal, but it's an option. If they, if they compare it to adding nothing and adding that, that makes your team better. I just, I don't know exactly the, how long the contract is, but you know, that that's something to explore in the trade route. And then finally the unknown would be the offer sheet route. You know, Marner's been brought up. I think Toronto's in a position to match anything for the most part. Um, but Tampa, I don't think they can with Braden Point, and he would be an ideal second-line center. Can you imagine having a, a down the middle of Couture, Point, and Nolan Patrick, and mm-hmm. Morgan Frost knocking on the door? That's sick. That's not even, that's not even funny. So, like, I mean, y- you hear um, with Mignot coming in, I have a feeling that they – if they'll if they add more than one piece, I feel like the offensive piece could be something, some kind of a blockbuster and a smaller defensive move. You could see them bring in Dan Girardi. He loved him, you know. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, 
there's a whole veteran presence thing. Anything's better than McDonald's, to be honest with you. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, we're, I'm sure the uh, the GM and the coach are going to have to have a little powwow, figure out what they want to do, and we'll see based on Fletcher's who he's interested in and what moves he makes if he's really letting uh, Vigneault dictate what he wants to do with his team. Um, on top of that, here's a side question for you. Do you think – what's he going to do with the coaching staff? You think he's going to keep every? He, I doubt he keeps everybody, but you think he'll keep it? Do you think you keep, he'll keep anybody? Is really what I should ask. Uh, so it sounds like he's doing his his due diligence over here. Uh, I think I read he's going to interview everybody, so he's going to interview guys like Laperriere and, and Knobloch. Um, I, I like I like more when you know a guy brings in his own guys that he knows and trusts, um, because I feel like. He's got to go through the whole thing where he's got to, you know, get to know somebody and all that. That just creates more uh, – what's the word I'm looking for here? Just more time, more space. You know, I want somebody to, to come in that he's comfortable with and they can just get right to work, you know. This way they don't have to waste time getting to know each other, things like that. You know, what buttons do you got to press? What, what can you say you can't say? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, you want to, that um, familiarity with your – right. Yeah, you want to have your guys too. You don't want to have anybody second guessing you or who doesn't really believe in your system. And you want them to reiterate it to the players and understand it. So it's kind of weird to come in and have a whole new system and keep the guys who are already there because now you're teaching them on top of that. It's easier to just go get your own guy who you know. And from what I heard, every time he's been hired, he's always brought at least one assistant coach with him who's had NHL head coaching experience, which I love hearing that. You know, like I remember when what's his John uh, Stevens was our coach and he had Peter Laviolette as like an assistant. Like, that's great. You know, that you want that experience. And then God forbid something goes wrong. You got a guy walk steps right in. Um, You can't. That's like you just can't put that kind of experience down. Like, look at Hackstall. He was the head coach, had no experience and was a clown. And I, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. That team made him look better than he was based on talent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you look at some of his past teams. They've had they've been very good defensively. They've been very good in goal. Offense has been there. It's been more of the superstar players, um, you know, the Sedins. Um, but the, both defenses in uh, Vancouver and New York have been very good. On top of that, you had – Luongo and Lundquist. So I'm hoping that he, I don't know if what he has to do with it, but if he can mold our young defense into a great defense and then Carter Hart comes along, we have the offense to be a juggernaut. So that's something to look forward to, especially if they add. I'm just, I'm not sure who they're going to add or what they're going to address, but it should be really interesting to see what they do. And if they're really active, we could see some major changes. If they don't do anything, it'd be more of the same. I think we'll limp to the finish line, but we'll see. It could be wrong. He's uh, I, I, I kind of would like to see some like a shakeup, you know, because I think, you know, they do have a lot of pieces and parts, but you know, is Nolan Patrick going to be a superstar, or is Travis Konechny going to be a superstar? Um, do you, you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, I mean, they or, got or so like many... Oscar Lindblom. Is Oscar Lindblom going to be a legit second line winger? I don't know. They got so many young guys. It's like. If you sign, go and sign two free agents, you signed JVR last year, um, you might want to move some guys out. I don't know how you do that or who you pick. Uh, Voracek's a name that's been brought up. I just don't think it's going to happen with the contract. Is McDonald bought out? 
I would think, but who really knows? Uh, is Hag moved? You know, he had a pretty rough season. Or he just resigned Raffles, so forget that. But I'm hoping we don't have to see the Corbin Knights and Phil Veronis anymore, um, or the, even the Justin Baileys, unless it's a call up for an injury. Lawton's looks good. Patrick's young. You know, uh, you're not going to move. I'd be shocked if they move TK. You're not moving Kutcher Giroux. You just got Hartman. So offensively, you don't have a lot of options. Defensively, you know, Hag, we talk about Hag. You buy out McDonald. Ghost comes up. You're not moving Prover off of Samheim. You know, Moran doesn't make a lot of sense to move. So Ghost's name kind of pops and floats out there, and it's could something be done? Or is it something smaller? Are you trading draft picks or prospects? I don't know. It's He's got so much ammunition to play with. And then there's free agency. I don't know what he's going to do. And I'm, he better do something. I'll tell you that much. They didn't bring him in. It's, you know, sit on his hands. And it feels like kind of has a little bit. All he did was trade Simmons away. Uh, didn't get a lot. He traded, he traded Wheel away Weiss. What did that really do, though? Nothing. So this is. I'm not saying he's bad or anything. This is his time to prove it, though. You're ready to win now? Okay, you got your coach. You got your team. You know there's talent on the team. Now, fix, you know, don't do not do the hex stall with the Band-Aids. You know, no more Weeses or whatever, or uh, what the hell is the defenseman we got for our seventh day? Edwin. Yeah, no Foleens and no neglecting the penalty kill. And, you know, you got your goalie. Your defense is young, but they can be molded, and you have your offensive pieces. Go add to it. Make it happen. And. Once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Just look at Columbus. Look at the Islanders. Hell, even there's teams in the West who are like all the underdogs for the most part. Carolina's up on Washington. Uh, I think I think people would have picked Calgary to go to the Western Conference Finals. Are they down three games to one to Colorado? Like, yep. that's a first round matchup. Even Dallas is giving it to Nashville. The Jets and um, St. Louis are tied. I forget the other series, but like it seems everything's either even or the underdogs winning. I think only Boston is over Toronto is like what was supposed to happen. Columbus sweeps Tampa. Get the fuck. What? Uh, Islanders, P- Pittsburgh, anything can happen. So if you can just continuously win, play his game, all you got to do is get in and just win a round. And if you win one round, you probably can win two. And if you can win two, you're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then anything can really happen there. Just ask our 2010 team. They, Yeah, going into the season, they were cup contenders, but they had a 10-game losing streak. They made the playoffs the last game of the season, and they were in game six overtime of the cup. So, yeah, anything can happen. For sure. Um, real quick, I have a quote here from Elaine Vigneault. This is a Sam Carkidi article on uh, Philly.com. Um, Vigneault said uh, the cap space that the team has available made the job more attractive. He said uh, him and Fletcher made a list of improvements the Flyers need to make in the offseason, and adding a number two center seems high on the list. So that that to me that's that's pretty exciting. But then you look at the the number uh, uh, the na- some of the names of the uh, centers that are going to be available in the summer, and it's like hmm, if they're going to add somebody worth you know adding. I think it's going to have to be through trade. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but I'm I'm very interested to see the the way they go there. I mean, you know, they they had a two C in Braden Shen, and they ended up trading. Uh, you know, they end up getting a Farabee and a Morgan Frost in, in that deal, right? Yes. Uh, 
so I mean, they have the ammunition to make a deal like that and, and bring in somebody, you know, they, if they move two picks or, you know, a player and a first round pick and bring in a 2C. I mean, a, you know, a player of Braden Shen's, uh, uh, what the hell, man, why can't I think today? Uh, Braden Shen uh, skill, uh, that could help the Flyers out tremendously, you know? I mean, I'm not saying a Braden Shen type guy, but somebody who can uh, score the puck, you know, spread it around a little bit. They do need someone who can score, by the way. I mean, I hope that's high on the list, too. Yeah. I mean, they do have cap, and they definitely need a scoring winger. They always have. Thing is, they got to keep an eye out. Got to sign Provorov and Sandheim to the next contracts. Got to be careful about that. As well as, you know, you got to resign Hartman. That should be easy. TK needs a contract. Lawton's probably going to get a decent raise. Nothing crazy, but still, it adds up. And then in, then in uh, a year after that, you got Nolan Patrick and Limblom looking for raises, um, as well as Gudis. I don't think we're worried about Hag. Um, so, yeah, so, like, you know, this season they've got to make some decisions. Next season as well. You, I, all, you just can't spend everything you have, so you got to be careful about that. Um, it's, it's still doable. I expect them to, to make some, you know, they should do something, and it should be something pretty big. Yeah, so, I mean, it should be an interesting summer. You know, we expected last summer to be a little interesting, and, uh, you know, we got JVR. Um, this summer, I think it's going to be a little different. I think I think we're going to see uh, quite a few moves. I think, you know, Fletcher's. this is his time to really put his fingerprints on the roster. We saw subtle moves during the season. You know, maybe he didn't want to force anything. There was nothing that he really saw um, that he wanted to do. Um, but I still think the needs are the same as – as last summer, a two C, uh, a top four defensive minded D, and uh, a backup goalie. We still need a backup goalie. Um, what else did I see here from from uh, Vigneault that I wanted to touch on real quick? So something that I, I really liked and I think is necessary for coaches. You know, you hear a lot, or we've been hearing a lot lately. This guy's systems like this, or this coach's systems like that. So when Vigneault was in uh, Vancouver. He played a different style. You know, he said with the Sedin twins, they really cycled the puck more. It was more puck possession game, offensive game. With New York, it was more um, they tried to force turnovers. And um, hang on, let me get the exact um, quote here. It was more transition game, you know, uh, and speed and and, uh, scoring on breakouts. So what that tells me is he kind of adjusts to the game of his players. And I think that's essential for, for a, a good coach to recognize the talent and his team strengths and, and to change how he's going to, you know, go into a game or, or game plan. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, like, if a guy comes in and he's like, you know, this is the game plan, this is how we're going to do it, well, you might not have the pieces to use that game plan, dude. And, you know, ultimately when it fails, you know, it's going to come back to the coach. But I think if the coach tries to adjust – to the skill of his players and, and bring out the best in his players. I, I like that. I thought that was awesome, you know, that he had success with two different teams playing two different styles. Well, that's just it. He adapts to his players, and that's huge. Like, Hacksaw couldn't even uh, adapt. It, he was just like, this is our system. Learn it or don't, and we'll just live with the results. And you can't – you don't win that way. You have mm-hmm. to adapt to your players' strengths. And that's, that's how you win, honestly. Like, you can have a system, but use the right figures in the right spots. Like, I don't know why you try to force a square peg into a round hole. It doesn't make any sense. And 
that's inexperience on Hacksaw's part. I'm still killing the guy, even though he got fired. Uh, you know, Vigneault is like, I don't think he's ever done that outside. He's not perfect, but it's, he's got a proven track record of winning and winning in the playoffs. So that's why I feel like I'm in good hands. Like, I feel like he knows what he's doing, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think we're in good hands here. That's, that's, you know, that could be the name of the episode there. Good hands. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so it should be interesting. So, you know, before we get to our player uh, player grades, you know, we've been kind of tossing around names and, you know, we're doing the whole connecting uh, Vigneault to some former players that are going to be free free agents here. Uh, we brought up a guy like Kevin Hayes. We brought up a, a Matt Zuccarello, um, a Girardi. There was one more. Uh, we mentioned Broussard. Did we mention him on the show or was that, was that before the show? I said his name um, when I listed some centers. Uh, okay. Did you have an opinion on him? So Derek Broussard, a couple, you know, I was never actually a Derek Broussard fan, um, but I think now it looks like he's losing a step, especially, you know, he's maybe no better than a third line center. Um, Really, I'm not really crazy for any of those names. Believe it or not, the one I like the most would be Matt Zuccarello. And and you might say, well, where are they going to put him? You know, they have enough wingers. Um, But uh, I mean... You know who's to uh, who's to say? I like a Matt Zuccarello. I wasn't crazy for him in New York, but once once he went to the Stars, I started watching him a little bit more. I never really watched that many Ranger games, if you can tell. Um, but he he looks like a like he's not a how can I say it? Because he's he's so small. Like his his physicality is different than somebody's who's maybe six foot or six one. He he's like a heart and soul kind of player. Um, he'll maybe score 40, 50 points a year. Um, but I think the key is. You know, if you're going to put him on the second line, you still need that second, that second center. And, you know, a name that I saw mentioned on Twitter was, was Kevin Hayes. And I, I'm like, okay, you know, I never really thought he was anything special. Let me go look up some of his uh, numbers here. And the, the dude is 25, 26 years old and hasn't scored more than 50 points in a season. Um, and I think this year he's got 53. So, I mean, I, I like – this is just my opinion. I like my centers to be a little bit more dynamic and Kevin Hayes does not really come off as a dynamic type player. Like I, I don't think he's going to make anybody around him better. Do you know what I mean? He's still young. You remember how the Rangers got him by the way? I, I saw that he was drafted by Chicago. Yeah. He was like one of the first college free agents. I can remember being a big deal. Yeah. He was a second round pick for uh, Chicago and I don't know why, Maybe it was their cap. Uh, maybe he thought he was going to play on the fourth line or something, but he pulled that crap where he went to free agency and was like a highly sought after free agent. And I remember the Rangers won that. Flyers were in it too. Rangers won it, and he's just—I never was all that impressed with him either, to be quite honest. But it, the hockey people seem to really like him, you know. Like, and he's not doing too bad right now with the Jets. Um, I think one of the things is he's—he's he's six foot five. You know, like that's a 220 pounds. Like that's a nice size center. That's like Getzloff size. That's like Lindros size. Like you like big centers like that. They can move some people and not be moved themselves. Um, like you said, though, I, w- I, I would really like Zuccarello. He's, he's the kind of guy that Flyers fans fall in love with. You know, he's that yeah, little, I- little feisty little engine that could. He'll give you his heart and soul. And it's why you don't like watching him when he's with another team because you don't like what he's doing to you. Um, 
I have a feeling though that he's going to either stay with Dallas or go back to the Rangers. Could be, could be, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's making I think four point five. Let me just double check here. He's making four point five this year. I would assume he's going to get at least some kind of a raise, maybe not significantly, but you know, probably he's only thirty years old, so he'll probably make I would assume close to the same. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to spend that kind of money on on a Matt Zuccarello, especially with all the names the Flyers are going to have to sign coming up. Yeah, we can figure if he's going to free agency, uh, the bidding is going to up that. Like he could be, he can make six. Uh, he probably won't get a lot of years, but if all it takes is one team, you know, there's what 31 teams now. Well, it just takes yeah. one team to overpay, and you don't want to get into that. I love him, but he's 30 years old, and smaller guys. Once their speed starts to go start to get injured a lot gets tough you know unless you're like a really skilled player you're relying on certain things and you start to go it's that contract's gonna bite you yeah I got, I got a name for you and it's just throwing a name out there but you coached him in vancouver how, what do you, how do you feel about alexander edler i would be shocked if he left vancouver honestly i think he plans on retiring there i if anything else happens i'll be shocked um I, I don't I don't see any of those guys moving, um, and I think he's too old. I think Girardi is the name that would come not over Edler, honestly. Um, I don't know his usage of Edler. They had other players out there like Hemus, uh, a few others as well that they relied on. But with the Rangers, you have McDonough, and he's relying on Girardi. You know, you had you had Mark Stahl, who's I'm not exactly great, but you had other defensive guys out there. And they always traded for guys too. They traded for Yandel, you know. So I get what you're getting at. I have a feeling that player will be Girardi if they go that route. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. I was trying to, you know, make some connections to see maybe, you know, they bring in a former Ranger or former um, – Canuck there. Uh, those were probably the top names. Um, what else do you want to touch on in regards to Vigneault and, and um, you know, the, the new coaching hire, possible names that, that we could see come in? Um, anything else you want to touch on there? I think we covered everything, you know. I mean, I, I think our just to wrap it up is um, I, I give the hiring, because we're giving out grades, I give it a B plus, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, you can't – I was really worried about Mike Yao or, you know, several of the coaches that I don't want named. Guys are just terrible. I'm actually glad they didn't bring back Scott Gordon. Not that I don't like the guy. I just I wanted a real head coach. And this guy checks off all the boxes on a real head coach. He's got a proven track record. The last time the Flyers had a coach with a proven track record was Laviolette. He got us the game six of the cup. And before that was like Ken Hitchcock. You know, and he had a cup, and when he was here before the lockout, he was pretty good, you know. So, you know, the guys who – the John Stevens was a brand-new coach. We had a little bit of a run, but we were we were underdogs. He never really had a chance. Then we fell off a wagon. Um, Baruby, he's doing good with St. Louis, but he wasn't – his full season with us, he wasn't very good. Uh, Hacksaw was a clown. So, like, it's time to get back to, you know, like – we're the Philadelphia Flyers. We don't just let anybody coach this team. Like, you, you know, you can't just pick you up off the street and let you run with it. This team, we, we, I feel like we've made us more serious, you know, back to um, contention, back to like people look at our team and not laugh anymore. Cause we've gone through some rough times, man. It's been five, six years of bullshit hockey. 
and it really has. In my whole life, they've not been bad. Hell, go back to when this team was created in the 60s. They had a 67. They had a few years where they were an expansion team. They started drafting big guys. They started winning. They won two cups. They were pretty dominant in the 70s. They were definitely dominant in the 80s. They were unfortunate enough to not win any cups, but they ran into the greatest team of all time in the Edmonton Oilers with Wayne Gretzky. They went to the cup three times in the 80s alone. They set the record for wins in a season or the winning, yeah, a 35 unbeaten streak, 35 one unbeaten streak. They had a little bit of a dip towards the end of the 80s, the early 90s. They got Lindros. They came right back to prominence. They went to a cup. They were always on top of their game. You know, they went to a, so many Eastern Conference finals in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then after the lockout, they had one bad year. And they, you know, they went to the cup again. And now over this, since like 2013 to now, has been pretty shit hockey. Like, come on. Like, I just blame their whole history. And there's never been a period as long as the period's been now where they've been pretty bad. Yeah, okay, you want to tell me they made the playoffs like three times? They got bounced in the first round every single time, and it's gotten progressively worse every time they've made it. Like, it's time to get serious. And I feel like we haven't gotten serious, and we have a chance to this year based on what they do in free agency. So the Vigneault is the first step of that, the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, you know what? I really like what you said there. Like, this is the Flyers, man. This is not some bullshit organization, like, that any jerk off can come in and coach like who the hell's Dave Hackstall? You know what I mean? Um, you know, and I know Scott Gordon was just an interim coach, but who's Scott Gordon? You know, what's he ever done? He did a nice job with the Phantoms. Like this is a, a marquee hockey franchise. This is a big city franchise, Philadelphia, right? Like bring in a fucking coach. And I think they finally did, you know, and I like Peter Laviolette was probably our, our biggest coach. You mentioned Hitchcock. I mean, uh, those are the top two names that I can remember. Um, You'd have to go back to like Mike Keenan in the eighties, man. Like a lot of the guys in the nineties weren't like huge free agent coaches that I remember, you know, Wayne Cashman, he was a former flyer, you know, I can't remember the guy we went to the cup with, but I I don't know his history, but he didn't last much. So he got fired like the next year. (laughs) You know what I mean? That was, that was Clark for you. So yeah, like they, when they've had the top tier coaches, that's when they've been most successful though. Pat Quinn was their coach in the early 80s, man. That guy was like, when I was growing up, he was like Toronto's head coach like for a long time, and they were always in the playoffs. It's like when they have a coach that everybody knows, the team has been the most successful, honestly. And if you go back to when the team in the 70s, I don't know if Fred Shiro was well-known or not. The team was brand new, so obviously the coach is going to be brand new. So I don't really take that into consideration. But everything else since then, they really have not fared well with like the average coach or the shot in the dark coach. It's when they went out and got guys who know what they're doing, that they've been successful. And this is along those lines. And that's why the more I've fought about it, the happier I've gotten. Yeah. Because it's, you, you feel like a sense of security, like, okay, they didn't fuck it up. Like I was waiting for them to, to fuck it up. Right. And uh, this is going to have to be an explicit show now, but yeah. you know, I was waiting for them. I kept hearing, um, what the hell is that one guy's name, man, that everyone loved to say? Uh, Sheldon Keefe, is that it? Yeah, from Toronto. I'm like, like, okay, like, what have you seen from Sheldon Keefe? Oh, he's a good AHL coach? Or, or um, who the hell else was, was flying around there? And I, I saw a guy, Sandlin, he was, uh, he's in the Frozen Four, I want to say, with Minnesota Duluth or something like that. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Can we just bring in a goddamn coach? 
please, like an NHL coach. And you can't, you really can't get better than what they did. So um, I, I think you gave it a B plus. I'll give it a B plus as well. Maybe even close to an A because I, I guess Quenville was the main target and he would have been obviously an A plus. Um, but to get a guy with, with Vigneault's track record, I, I think is probably the best plan B they could have got. So I'll go B plus as well. Yeah. I just, I don't know what people expected. You know, we didn't get Quenville. It sucks. I feel like yeah. anybody we would have gotten after this, people would have poo-pooed because we didn't get Quenville. That's not Vigneault's fault. You know what I mean? That's not Fletcher's fault. It sounds like he tried, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I'm just happy. No more goddamn experiments. You know, we, mm. we had the coach. If it doesn't pan out, it's not because of the coach. That's for goddamn sure, right? And to be honest with you, a lot of these coaches, look at Quenville, look at Vigneault, for example. The first teams they coached with, the Blues with Quenville, Montreal with Vigneault, neither one of those teams were successful, really. It was when they went elsewhere they figured it out. So taking a shot at the dark and getting these no names in here, it might be better for the next team they go to. Fuck, I wouldn't be surprised if Hackstall, like, you know, had decent success somewhere. I actually, I would be surprised, but you get what I'm getting at. You know, it's yeah. not like these guys hire a no name. And he becomes a stud coach. It usually takes a couple of trips. So this was a smart move in my opinion. Maybe there's another head coach like, um, what's Dave Tippett that we should have got or something like that. Only time will tell. Oh, we don't even know if these guys were truly available. This was a smart move. It may not have been the perfect move, but like I said, only time will tell. I think the rest, is, the rest is honestly on Chuck Fletcher. That's what we really should be, you know, looking into. And I think this was a smart signing. If free agency goes the way it should. We can be really excited for this year. So we'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting, you know. Um, and, and having, you know, we're looking forward to next year. It, it's April. Um, why don't we look back for a little bit here and, and continue with our, our player grades? Um, we have the defense you want to do? Yeah, let's do the defense. You know, Go ahead. I'll let you start. All right. Well, I'll just name them all real quick. We got Ghost, Gudis, Hag, uh, McDonald, Moran, Proveroff, and Sandheim. Um, we already talked about Foleen in a short time here. Uh, is there anybody I'm forgetting? I think we're good, right? <laughs> I think we're good. All right. So, I'll start at the top. Shane Gosses Bear. I gave him a D plus. I was not impressed with the season this year. I don't think he handled things very well. Had a really hard time finding the net. We talked at the beginning of the season about the um, our defensive pairings, and I remember saying to you, it was like one of our first podcasts, like. Proveroff and Ghost, it's an elite pairing. Do not break them up. We'll figure the rest out. Man, was I wrong. I mean, going by last year, I was right. But Jesus, like, everything it, we thought it worked. It should have been. Yeah, everything we thought worked with that team didn't. And Ghost was much worse than Proveroff. It seemed like Proveroff figured it out, but Ghost really never did. And he's been in the doghouse and in the hot seat. And I like his contract, but. And I, I don't want to trade him. I want to see him figure it out unless they sign Carlson. Then I feel like they kind of have to and with all the rookies we got. But I don't know. What would you give him, Jimmy? We're, this is for Ghost? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Ghost a flat-out F, man, because he failed all year long. Um, and, he, you know, he wanted to blame it on a, some kind of an injury or whatever it was. But, you know, they were really relying on Ghost. Uh, their power play, I think, was – Terrible a lot, uh, a lot in part this year because of Gossip Spare. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about puck management and changing the mindset on offense. Uh, I, I think Ghost is one of the guys that you look to, you know, in that area as well with the, with the turnovers and, you know, unable to keep pucks in zones or, or, or pinching too often. Um, 
I mean, if your defense play a little defense, you know, and, and if, especially if you're not going to be putting up the points, you know, nine goals, 28 assists, you know, that's great for a guy like Travis Sanheim. But when you're Shane Gossisberry, if, you know, if, if you're not scoring 50 points a year, uh, you know, and that maybe that, maybe that sounds crazy. I don't know to some guys, but you know, whenever I mention Gossisberry, I always get 65 points thrown back in my face or whatever. Um, He's like got to score. I'm sorry. It's like talking about Voracek. Same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah thing. Voracek's not good. Well, we had 70 something points. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that's cool. He had 60, 65 points last year, um, but he's the complete opposite. He, he was a mess this year, you know? I, so for me, I, I got to go with an F for, uh, for Gossip Spare. Uh, and believe me, I, I would love to see him figure it out because he, he is an exciting player to watch when he's on top of his game. Um, but I mean, what he did this year, there was like night and day, Jekyll and Hyde. He was just, he was bad. And uh, he, he might, he may have played himself out of here. We'll see. They have, if they didn't have the depth that they have on defense, uh, I would say, you know, you know, let them figure it out. But, you know, they do have positional needs, needs that I don't think they can address in free agency. And I'm talking about 2C. Um Maybe he's the guy that gets moved. You know, I don't know. There is a big fish out there in Carlson. And if Gossespierre is on the roster, I don't see them going after a Carlson. Uh, on the other hand, if Gossespierre is moved and we get our 2C, and then, uh, you know, just, just for conversation, then we get Eric Carlson, we dramatically improved the team. And now you have the 2C, and we've drastically upgraded uh you know, what Shane Gosses bear was with Eric Carlson. No, it's wow. Yeah, that was a really good point. And it's, it's the truth because, and it makes me think, you literally made me think through saying that, that like, because they had Vigneault and his teams have always been very good defensively. Like they have this issue with ghosts. Like, will they go Carlson and move ghosts for like a center or something like a second line center? Like mm-hmm. I could see that happening. I don't know how the rest, all the pieces would be, but, Right. Yeah, it kind of hit me like, yeah, that could be a way they go, and it wouldn't be that crazy. <laughs> it could, and and I think I, I believe you know Gossespierre still does have value, and I think you know uh, he could bring back a two C. You know, I'm sure there'll be other little parts, um, but he does have the potential to be very, very good. You know, this year it just happened to be he wasn't. You know, and it came out that he. You know, I'm actually glad that he said he was hurt, you know, because maybe, um, you know, during the offseason, everything will kind of cool off a little bit. And, you know, the Flyers can go back. Oh, he, was, he said he was hurt, blah, blah, blah. Um, no, I mean, I, I hope you're right. No, I totally hope you're right. And it's funny. I think an F is a little, a little harsh. But I think part of the reason why you gave him that F is because because he's a millennial. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's a jerk, man. And you just and I agree with you though. They don't handle shit well. They just they're like babies and they bitch and moan about everything, blame the fans and I I back that. I hate that they act that way. So hey, he's a you know, Florida kid. Everything's, you know, sunshine and, and and butterflies down there. It doesn't fly like that in Philly, dude. Like you don't get free passes for sucking up here. It's making four and a half million a year, which is a good contract, but as in the grand scheme of life four and a half million a year it's a good deal you know stop crying <laughs> yeah um who, who do you got next we can move on because i could i could bust on i know i feel like we were really getting into him uh, <laughs> yeah. so we got racco gudis um i gave him a b plus he had a huge bounce back year i you know me last year i wanted to i wanted him out of here so fast i would have take taken whatever i could get 
Yeah. And he really came back strong. Yeah, I think we both felt the same way about Gudis last year. I remember how terrible he was in the Pittsburgh series. It was like he was like a shell of himself. Um, this year it looked like he, he transformed his game a little bit because I don't even – even in years past, I don't remember him being this sound defensively. Do you? Not no. that he was anything special. He just wasn't bad. No, and he did have his stupid moments when he, you know, hit – what's his name on the head with the stick? And uh, right. <laughs> But that was like one thing I can think of where last year he like he was he was fine the first half of the season. I think he got suspended or something. And he just he just was like, I'm going to just stop playing hockey, you know, or or he thought I'm going to play a, a different style of hockey, which he's not made to do. So he was terrible. And then right. the playoffs rolled around and he was lifeless. That was the difference. He was bad during the second half of the season last year. In the playoffs, he was bad and lifeless. It's like, okay, the only other thing you got going for you is that you'll throw some punches or defend your teammates, and you're not even doing that. So I was just done with him. But all year this year, that's what I'm proud of, to be honest with you. The full year, he played well. He really did. Like, teams were – it was actually being talked about that somebody was dangling a first-round pick. I don't think they wanted to pull the trigger. But they were like, oh, would I give up a first-round pick for Gudis? Probably not. But the fact that they even thought about that tells you how dramatically his play improved. And, yeah, yeah he's our veteran. He should be our veteran presence going into the next year if they don't sign anybody for defense. And I'm okay with that. He's, he's no Carlson. He's no stud. But I, I like having him back there for sure. Yeah, I think your grade was fair. I mean, you know, if, if, if I'm going to grade Gudis – you know, I think a, a B, B-plus is fair. I, I'm going to go B um, just because B-plus is too close to an A for me. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> but uh, he, he, he played he played well enough for me not to notice Radko Gudis out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean. So I think a B, B-plus is, is, is fitting for, for Gudis. Um, how about uh, we move on. We'll talk about, uh, let me see, who started on the road. Uh, Ivan Provorov. Provoff, um, I wasn't as harsh as with Ghost. I gave him a C plus. He started off rough as well too, and I really wanted to give him a C, but I felt like he turned it up enough at the end of the year, and he had some spot good games throughout the year. Like even in the middle of how bad he was playing, he'd have a random like, you know, goal and assist game. Um, he just annoyed me when he was playing really bad, and he told he says, "Yeah, I don't really think I'm playing that bad." I'm like, really? Have you watched any game tape? Because pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that, I think, was on Ghost as well. So I think a C plus, while that's a favorable grade, I do think he had some good games and a much better second half. And the future is still bright. Where I was getting really nervous, like he was my favorite prospect with this team, and. Now I'm like on the other players and all that, but he could be, he still needs to be our number one defenseman moving forward. And he, he, I wouldn't say he finished strong, but he finished a lot better than I thought he would. Yeah. I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I mean, I, I still count on him to be their, their best defenseman. Um, this, this year uh, statistically was his worst of his three years in the national hockey league. Um, he's only 22 years old. He'll be 22 heading into next year. He'll turn 23 in January. He's still, still a young kid, you know. Um, but for a first-round seventh overall pick, um, for this to be his third year and, and take a dramatic step back, you know, he, he played 25 minutes a game, which is the most uh, – his highest average since coming into the, into the league. Um, so uh, 
I, I, I'll assume that he wasn't a hundred percent healthy, even though he said he was coming into this year. Um, it looked like he was stuck in his head a lot of games, a lot of times where, you know, where when you're not thinking out there, you're, you're more reactionary uh, or reactive. Uh, when you start to think, I think you start to hesitate. And to me, that, that looked that it, it seemed to be what he was doing out on the ice. And, you know, hockey is such a fast sport that if you're going to go out there and think you're, you're already behind. Right. Um, and to me that, that looked like Ivan Provorov. It looked like he was thinking too much. It looked like he was a little bit hesitant and he was getting beat and making some silly plays, plays that we're not accustomed to seeing from Ivan Provorov. Um, he did, he did get it together a little bit down the stretch, not so much offensively, um, but defensively, you know, he did look better. Um, but I think as a whole, um, for, for Provorov, I got to give him a D uh, just because I expected more, you know, and, and to me, uh, it, this season was a disappointment for him. And, you know, he hasn't come out and said that he was hurt or anything, and I wouldn't expect him to. Um, so if he was healthy and this is the year that he had, I, I got to go with a D. No, it's – I have been – I did say my grade was favorable. Mm-hmm. D is definitely acceptable because of how much we expected and what we got. Um, yeah, I, mean, I do think you made a good point. He definitely was his own worst enemy when he started thinking. I feel like – he thought he could rely on ghosts and maybe he realized he couldn't. And he's, you know, a lot of these players, you see it more when guys sign big contracts, they have to do more. So they try too hard. They grip the stick and they make mistakes. Yeah. That's what his game screams. He's not, I know he's not making the money, but he's still, he, he, I'm sure he knows that everybody views him as the team's number one defenseman of the future. So yeah. He's probably good to say. So yeah, be no, back. that's a fair grade. Um, who do we got next? You want to do uh, Travis Sanheim, who played in all 82 games this year, believe it or not. A. I give him an A. The only way he would have gotten an A-plus is if he, uh, you know, I don't know, made the all-star team or something. Like, he uh, <laughs> he was hands down, far and away, our best defenseman. Really came out of his shell. Like, he, him and Provorov are our future. Not Ghost, not Gudis, not Hag. Not even Moran. It's Pro Roth and Sandheim are the future of this blue line. And I feel safe with knowing that, especially with how he's played. You can't say much more about him. He was phenomenal this year. It was a really coming out party for him. And in a really shit season, he never faltered. He was good at, at all facets of the game at all times. I mean, yeah, he had his lumps, but nothing crazy. And yeah, so there's really not much more I could say. You know, it was all good. Yeah, I was, ex- I was really excited to, um, see Sanheim play a little bit more this year. He averaged 19 minutes a game. Uh, I think a lot more once Hextall was fired. I've, I'll assume over 20 minutes a game since he was getting so little under Hextall. Um, you know, I, he, there was a stretch there. I believe maybe it was back in January, February, where he really, really looked like a, dy- a dynamic player. You know, he was scoring overtime goals, playing on the power play, playing uh, three-on-three in the overtime. You know, there was a level of trust there, I, I think. Um, for Scott Gordon to trust Sanheim in those situations. And he seemed to relish the opportunity, whereas, you know, with Haxtell, he wasn't even given the opportunity to do those kind of things. And I think, you know, when you have a coach, especially when you're a younger player, you know, your first-round pick, 17th overall, you have the skill. When your coach doesn't trust to put you in those situations, I think, you know, that could do something to you a little bit mentally, like, huh. 
you know, obviously I'm skilled, I'm a good player, but this guy's not putting me in those positions. You know, what's up with that? Yeah. Whereas Gordon comes in, all of a sudden he's playing him in these spots and, and he's excelling. You know, nine goals, 26 assists, 35 points. And, you know, you could take away probably a quarter or at least half of that season. Um, and, and he would have improved on those numbers. I have no doubt. Um, so 35 points in his first full year. Travis Sanheim, I, I got to give him a – let's go with a, a B. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed watching Sanheim this year. I'm excited to see what he's going to do next year. He's, he's the guy I want to watch next year because I, I believe that he's going to improve big time. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I think Hacksaw could have potentially saved his own job if he started playing him more than, you know, 10 minutes a night, which was ridiculous. But uh, he was phenomenal. And, yeah, like you said, I'm excited going into uh, next year and the future of this team. That's why if they can add to it and he can continue to play the way he does, we could, be, mm-hmm. we could really be in business. And now you got Hart and Net for a full year. Come on. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Um so our, our fourth uh, defenseman that played in 82 games would be Robert Hay. Uh, you know, I had I never expected him to be anything fantastic, and he was solid the first half of the year. But Jesus, once the calendar turned to 2019, it was like watching a young McDonald. I, I mean, it was just like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what happened, but. He, he is, there, is there a worse insult than uh, than another McDonald? I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but the way he played in 2019 was offensive. And I don't mean offensive as in he scored. <laughs> I mean, he offended me. Like it was it was so bad. Like what the what happened? And even with Scott Gordon, when every everybody but Hag played better. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I just don't get it. And he never left the lineup. It's just like, I think he needed to sit. In, I think he needed to sit in the press box a night or two, because it was yeah, just. He led the league in hits, man. What a oh god! Like I just, that's like plus minus stat. Like it's just stupid. You know, yeah. I, he leads the league in hits. I can't think of one big hit he laid. Like off the top of my head. Yeah, and you know what? If, if you're if you're the guy laying a lot of hits, it's because you don't have possession of the puck too. Like people forget about that. That's a really good point, too. Yeah, like, my God, you're laying hits because you're chasing. Like, right. shit. Exactly. You're not laying hits if you're on offense. Hits right. doesn't win games. Yeah, exactly. So, and then all the hits are BS anyway. And it just, I don't know if I just got tired of hearing that every time he was out there. But, I mean, he probably doesn't have a whole lot of value other than the fact that he's still young. But, man, did he, I don't know what they're going to do with the guy, especially if they sign a defenseman and they don't trade ghosts. What are you going to do with him? Mm-hmm. There's no way he's he's your seventh guy. Like he really is. Him and Moran are gonna battle it out, and somebody's gonna get moved or cut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I gave him a D. I thought he was terrible. So we. I do? think that's fair. I think yeah, I think a D's a fair grade. Uh, for me, he started out okay this year, maybe for the first month. Uh, I can't remember exactly when it all started going wrong, but it was kind of like a steady decline for Robert Haig. Um, you know, in the beginning of the year, we were like, you know, he kind of just doesn't do anything. You don't really notice him out there. Um, he's just kind of out there. And then towards, as the year progressed, you're like, man, he's kind of starting to stand out in the wrong way. You know, whereas during the course of a year, you kind of like to see the guys, you know, improve on a steady incline. Robert Haig went the opposite way. Um, not sure if he's going to be around, not sure, you know, here's the thing too, because everyone's like, oh, you can just trade him. Well, 
you know, someone has to want them first. That's the thing. Um, so, and I, I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed if he was our seventh defenseman, as long as we're seeing guys like Moran and Myers play over him, you know, obviously. Because um, I think he can come in and be serviceable, you know, once in a while. I don't think he's uh, – I think he's maybe a little bit better than he played, you know, throughout the year. Maybe he was tired. Who knows what it was. Maybe those hits added up. Who knows. Um, but I think he'd be okay as a seventh guy. And then – so my grade, I think I think I'll agree with you there. It was probably a D, you know. And, and most of that is because of the steady decline. You know, you don't, you don't like to see guys um, – uh, get worse as the year goes on, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and it's it just it was a shame to see because I never expected him to do be doing what Sam Hyde did this year, corrupted in his rookie year or ghost. But I expected him to be like along the goodest lines, and you know, just be solid, just do your do what you're supposed to do, lay some actual hits, not just pin the guy up against the board and get credit for two hits or whatever the hell happens. <laughs> so, you know, hey. so you know it, it's a shame, but you know, like you said, he can't have much value. So, um, we'll see what happens, but it doesn't look good for him right now. That's for sure. Speaking of not having much value, our fifth defenseman that we're going to touch on—is that right? Our fifth one, the one and only Andrew McDonald. He is definitely one and only. Um, <laughs> I gave him a unique grade. It's not a grade. Oh my god, he's got his own unique grade. Yeah, it's not as unique as you think, but it's technically, I guarantee you, nobody's ever gotten this grade on a test. (laughs) I gave him an F plus, okay, because he was his typical worthless self with his stupid (laughs) contract, but he wasn't as noticeable as years past with his bullshit. He was noticeable, but not terrible. Uh, but he finally didn't get the minutes he was, you know, he was his minutes were uh, were taken away and given to other players. And, you know, when Hacksaw went, you really saw that decline. And that was good. So he gets the plus because he wasn't in the situations he was before to fail. He fell, but he didn't fall as often. And <laughs> his offensive game was completely gone. But apparently he's this great veteran presence that the team that's never won anything needs. So um, yeah, he gets the plus for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him an incomplete just because I don't even know what to give him. The dude played in 47 games, didn't have a goal, uh, had nine assists somehow. It was a minus five. Let me see what this number is here. Uh, that's penalty minutes. So uh, averaged about 16 minutes of ice time, 41 shots on goal with his. <laughs> A 0.0 shooting percentage. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's funny, right? Wait, say that again. How many times? What was the shooting percentage? 0.0. Five million dollars. <laughs> Five million dollars, and he's not a defensive defenseman. Yeah, so I mean, he's, he's pretty terrible. Uh, but he, he does have good veteran presence. So, I mean, I got to give him a Can least, somebody uh, define for me what the hell that means? Because I'm so tired of hearing it. I've never heard that so much in my life. Have you? It sounds like a stupid defense for something that they hacksaw must have whipped up. Well, I need this guy in my lineup. I need to like show the public why. And it's almost like it's going to be a bad comparison, but this is all I can think of. Okay, when the uh, Sega Genesis came out and was trying to upstage the Nintendo, they literally created a term, and I can't remember it exactly, but basically it sounded like. 
uh, it was like a system that ran things real fast, like Sonic the Hedgehog. So it was like, oh, it's got the extra speed, blah, blah, blah. It was a completely made up term to make consumers buy in. And when you see the commercials, you see Sonic running compared to Mario. It's like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Then the kids start telling their friends, yeah, it's got the new uh, speed drive 1000. It sounds completely made up to, so that we'll buy into his bullshit. That's what it is. It's bullshit. It's a created term <laughs> to get us off of their backs. And we're just not buying it. Or like, there's no, it doesn't make any sense. How can, and it comes back to this for me. How can somebody who is absolute shit on the ice have any kind of relevance in the locker room? How could you take anything they say seriously? I've gone on this for a million times, so I'm going to cut myself short. The point is, I don't understand what the hell it means. It's a bullshit made up term. Should be bought out. Should never been traded for or signed. I hate him. He's lucky I even gave him a plus. And I'm just tired of saying his name. I'm tired of always talking about him. He's the worst defenseman in franchise history. When you take everything into consideration, he got an F plus this year. Hopefully next year he gets nothing because he's not on the team. <laughs> so you're saying that you like Andy McDonald. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Normally I'd laugh, but I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on then. Um so uh, an exciting name that we can bring up here is Philip Myers. So he played in 21 games, uh, scored a goal, had one assist, uh, was a minus five, uh, averaged 15 minutes of playing time, 20, 25 shots. What are your thoughts on Phil Myers? I teeter between a C plus and a B minus. I'll, I'll land on a B minus. I feel like he wasn't brought into the best situation when the team was playing absolute shit. He still managed to score a goal. Uh, I feel like he's played dipped a little bit after that, but nothing really noticeable. Uh, I want to see more of him. He, he never looked out of place. Um, I'm surprised it was actually 21 games. I thought it was less than that. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, if he's on the bottom pairing, working his way up, like this, this D could be really good. Like if he just plays his game, doesn't do anything crazy, I'll give him a B minus. Uh, and, you know, I think the future is really bright. That's about what I can say. Yeah, and no, I'll agree. I think C. What'd you give him? You said a C minus or a B minus? B minus, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate there. I'll, I'll probably go C plus just because I would like to see more. Um, like you, like you mentioned, he you didn't really notice him for any negative reasons um, when he played. When he did come up originally, he played very well, and then he kind of blended in. So I think uh, you know, hopefully, he starts on the roster next year. Um, I think we'll see a lot more, probably go, go through some growing pains. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what, you know, Phil Myers can do on a consistent every game basis. Um, we'll touch on who I think I – don't, you don't want to do Folan, do you? We did already. Well, no, oh, we did. We did. Yeah, with all okay. those cast-offs. I right, believe right, the right. only – there's only one defenseman left worth talking about. Sammy, go ahead. Five games played. Incomplete. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the hell – took them so i mean yeah he had the injury for half the season but he didn't play for three-fourths of the season and we argued with our good friend negative dan about why the hell they weren't putting him in and i still don't know why you want to know what you have you know you didn't go with gordon as your coach anyway so letting him play the team he wanted to go for the coach when you know you're not you're probably not going to bring him back this looks even dumber now um yeah they should have we should have seen more of the kid like flat out uh, in the five games he played, I really didn't notice him in a good or a bad way. He just kind of was there. The team was done. 
So what's there to really great? You know what yeah. I mean? He wore a Flyers jersey and it fit. That's all I can say. <laughs> I agree 100%. So we need to see more out of Sam Moore. And only five games played, average 12 minutes a night. Um, what I'm excited for is I think he could be an Elaine Vigneault type guy on defense. You know, big-bodied, uh, stay-at-home defenseman. Something the Flyers need. I, I'd be interested to see how Vigneault uses him. Um, but like Myers, I, w- I would like to see a lot more out of Morin next year. And, uh, you know, the, some of the names we just rattled off right there were Provorov, Sandheim, um, Tyler – I'm sorry, not, <laughs> not Tyler Myers. Uh, I was Phillip thinking about Myers. him too. It's funny as you say that. I was thinking about him too. <laughs> and then Sammy Morin. Those are four guys right there. And then, uh, you know, let's just say Ghost is still around. And then uh, obviously Gudis will be on the roster. You know, there's some things to be excited about on the defensive corps. Uh, you know, when I look at it, I'm still like, huh, they still need – I think they still need a, a leader. You know, and, and he's got to be a top four type guy. No more of these, you know, vets that come in and, you know, play on the on the third defensive pairing or they play on the third or fourth line. They they need someone uh, that can be the example, somebody who Andy McDonald was supposed to be. Or I don't even know if he was ever supposed to be that guy, but, you know, they, they need to pay somebody like they paid McDonald and they need to, to get what they you – know, do you know what I mean? A top four guy. You know, yeah, pay I mean, somebody 4.5 or 5 million a year to be a top four you know, a legit hockey player with some veteran presence. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at these names, and just listen to this. Like, say they sign Carlson, or if say it's not Car- – I mean, it, say it's Carlson because he's so good. Provorov, Sandheim, Carlson. Ghost, Gudis, Myers. You buy out McDonald, and Hag and Moran are battling for your seventh defenseman. That's in, that's really got some serious serious potential. Mm-hmm. Even if you trade Ghost and let Moran or Hag play as your sixth, and the other one's your seventh, and you alter them in and out based on how well they're playing, damn. Or if you don't get Carlson, you get and you just get like a Girardi for one year, one friggin' year, or something like that. Like you know, there's a lot of potential and talent on that defense. And Harder Heart and Net. Damn, and these guys can move the puck. Almost all of them can move the puck, and that's exciting, man. Especially if Myers can be like, do what Sandheim did, and like maybe not next year, but the year after that. Holy shit! Like that'll be a dynamic defensive um, unit. And adding Carlson to that, wow, I get you excited. Man. Like, that's, <laughs> you get excited over here, like and moved a little bit. What I mean, you say you don't trade Ghost. Wow, like shit that's that's crazy i uh, the, the possibilities are endless you know you're telling me moran and hag are gonna battle to be my sixth percent no seventh jesus yeah so they're they're um we have some things to look forward to for next year you know maybe these guys gel a little bit new a new coaching hire new coaching style uh i would love to see them play a more puck possession game uh, play play offense with a little bit more conviction, spend more time in the offensive zone, take care of the puck. And I think that would take a tremendous amount of pressure off the defense. You know, because so many times this year we, we've seen failed clear, failed clear, or a dump out to the neutral zone, and they just come marching right back in. Um, or, or a turnover at the blue line in the offensive zone, play goes the other way, and now all of a sudden everybody's blaming Ghost. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think – a puck possession game, uh, more more possession in the offensive zone. 
I think would cure a lot of the woes on the defensive side, you know, and, and take some of the pressure off guys like Provorov and, and uh, Gossespair. And, and, you know, hopefully he puts them in position to now succeed on offense. Well, one thing that's funny that you bring up about that is uh, Vigneault apparently um, – he likes the defensemen on the breakout. He likes them to get rid of the puck pretty quickly. Where Provorov, Sandheim, uh, Ghost, and you know, yeah, he's occasionally other defensemen, Myers especially, you know, they like to carry the puck. And Vigneault's been successful with his guys getting rid of the puck fast. So I'm curious to see how that's going to work. I don't know if it's going to be a good thing, a bad thing, good for some players, bad for others. Um, overall... I, it doesn't. I don't think it'll fare well for Gudis, to be honest. I think he gets a little <laughs> nervous with the puck. Uh, yeah, he should get rid of it quick if he doesn't want to skate with it. But he doesn't make the best first pass. However, if Vigneault can teach this team how to, you know, what to do to do that, because that's what he expects, and it works, or at least works with some guys. That could solve a lot of defensive issues right there, because you're getting rid of the puck the way you should, so you're not having a lot of failed clears and or mistakes in the neutral zone that leads the other team to come right back into your zone. And, you know, something small like that could like limit chances and that's something to look forward to. And when I analyze this roster, I almost want to grab Fletcher by the shirt collar and just be like, dude, you better get somebody good. Just one. I don't care if you sign one guy, please make him, a, like a Panarin, a Duchesne. I'll even lower the bar a little bit with a Hayes, you know, a Zuccarello, a Carlson. I just don't, don't, don't sign like, you know, uh, a, you know, I can't even think of a worse name and just call it a day. Like somebody for the penalty kill and be like, all right, we're good. You know mm. what I mean? Or just Girardi and be like, yeah, we got our uh, guy for our coach here and that's it. We're going to be going forward with our team we have now. So you, you, know, don't want, like, you don't want them to plug holes. You want them to add significant names. I, I want them to plug the hole with the plug and not a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. I want them to fix the problem, not, you know, temporarily. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't want it. this. I don't want – I want him to – you know what? No, I'll change what I was going to say. I don't want to say that. I want him to over-fix, like, if – I need my car is running slow and I need like um, a tune up. I replace the engine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you have an issue at second line center. Give me Duchesne. He's a, he's probably a first line center, but screw it. We're trying to win now. You know what it, I mean? You no, know what? I wasn't that crazy for Duchesne uh, like ever until this Columbus series. Now, and I'm actually watching him and, He's a pretty damn good hockey player, man. You know, you could say what you want about, you know, locker room presence, blah, blah, blah. He's a pretty damn good hockey player, and the Flyers could use some of those. That Seriously, it's at the point now where we got to stop with the whole two-way player thing. It's we need, we need skill. We need talented players. Uh, if we have an issue on offense, we need scoring. Well, don't give me two, like – you know, get, don't give me one middle of the road power forward and a quote unquote sniper. Give me a superstar. You know what I mean? Give me Skinner. Not, I'm not saying we're going to get him, but like, don't try to, you know, give me a, a B minus signing and, t- and sell it to me like it's an A. Give me an A plus plus and just let the the results show because you got the money. Like, don't be cheap. Now's not the time to be cheap. Now's not the time to 
try to sell me some bullshit. I've been watching this team way too long. I'll see right through it. And a lot of Flyers fans are knowledgeable, and that's why we fight with other fan bases like the Islanders because we are knowledgeable. It is what it is. There's a lot of us, so you can't say all of us are, but most of us are, where half of these other teams, they really don't even watch hockey. (laughs) It's like when the team is good, they pop out of the woodworks. Our team is shit, and we do a podcast every single – once a week every day. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, once once a week, and we've been going for over a year. Yeah. So like don't like, don't sell me on shit. I, I don't know how the fans were in Minnesota, Chuck, but I follow this, and a lot of guys follow this team. So you better make the right signing. You better not be cheap. You got the money. You're brought in to make moves. Don't be stupid. Don't be, you know, frugal. Like let's go. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. So I mean, at that, uh, any last words before we wrap this baby up? Yeah, I'll just say that um, I'm glad Vigneault's the coach right now. Yeah, we could have done better. We could have done – we definitely could have done worse. We did not get – Quenville, get over it. I'm still upset about it too, but you know what? I'm looking towards the future. This guy is a proven coach. He can win, and you know you got to let the talent do the rest from there. We're young enough. We're talented enough. So if he gets a system in place that works and – he actually adapts and uses everybody the way they should be used. Maybe we stop coming out of the game slow and sluggish. Maybe we stop starting off the first half of the season terrible. Maybe we're, you know, pushing for the division title and, you know, Tampa or uh, Pittsburgh just got swept. They're talking about trading Malkin. You know, maybe their time's over. Maybe their window's closing. They're a shit defense. Maybe we overtake them. Washington, Ovi's getting older every year. You know, Columbus, maybe those got maybe those free agents go elsewhere. Maybe they're only re- able to retain a guy like Dezingle. They lose Bobrovsky, Duchesne, and Panarin. We can uh, we can overtake those guys. Carolina's never been a cap team. The Rangers still building. Islanders come back down to earth next year. That opens up the door for the Flyers like you wouldn't believe, which is why you should go get the top or one of the top free agents available. Am I being clear? <laughs> You're being crystal clear. Perfect. Anything else? <laughs> I think I've said all I've had to say tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Save some for next week over here. <laughs> all right, so let's let's wrap this one up then. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll have another giveaway uh, coming up in uh, another week or two. Uh, another autographed picture. We'll release the name on Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Jim underscore hw radio jack you want to give yours out jack underscore hw radio please let's talk i'll go all night about the flyers especially this coaching hire and all these people have been really upset i'm really curious i want to i want to talk i want to you know see why you're so upset you know because i get it we didn't get quentinville but the future could be bright what we really should be focusing on is free agency so just enjoy the playoffs and we'll talk come july 1st Hell yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap this one up. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll, we'll talk next Thursday. All right. Look forward to it.